This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. This is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me from the Broome County Council of Churches, Dr. Joe Selipak, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on, Kathy. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, it's just a new adventure this time around. I, I, people that have been listening to the program every week, and now I guess we're on podcast, which I don't understand, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably getting tired of me saying, well, this is kind of weird, but it still hasn't gotten normal yet for me, recording over the phone. But welcome to the program. Um, I wanted you to come in because the Broome County Council of Churches is a very broad umbrella, if you will, of the programs that are serving our community in all sorts of aspects. Probably one of the most recognizable is also the Broome County Council of Churches, most notably oversees the Chow program. But uh, I imagine in spite of a lot of people being locked down during the pandemic, you guys, like some other essential services, have been more than busy and more than enough stuff to occupy your time in the past few months. Yeah, it's, it's been really amazing to watch. We, um, we had uh, about 8,000 boxes go to various houses throughout the course of the pandemic. Pandemic. And we had um, oh, this. This would be home deliveries that were being done by people who were volunteers. And they were going out to houses, bringing boxes, and um, we had hundreds of volunteers who put in thousands of volunteer hours. And they were doing it all as if you know they if they were practicing social distancing. They were practicing all the the, the right things. They were wearing masks. They were using hand sanitizer. They were keeping their distance between each other. And this, required, this is all stuff that was that is was instead of the regular uh, food pantries and the the warehouse at Chow. Well, it was it was in addition to that. So a lot of the a lot of our pantries they they started using um, they they started giving out boxes as well. So we we were supplying them with boxes of food for a week. Um, so that people they they would be able to give out out food through the pantry in a safer way because many of the the folks that help help man our pantries are all are all people who are in that vulnerable stage you know mm. seventy plus age seventy plus and so they were they were um, they were needing to maintain a lot more social distancing and so we tried to to minimize the contact between the pantry worker and the uh, the person who was coming in and so we were we were giving out masks to all of our pantry system and people had a mask when they came in they had they had gloves on there were a bunch of other um, precautions that we put in place and so uh, we, we gave out a lot of food um, I think between March and last month at the end of last month and the beginning of May or well actually they were in June now through the through May we gave out a, a million pounds of food. Wow. What is the uh, normal for that amazing. time of yeah. for that time of period what would be a normal that you would expect? Uh probably something or like 2000 pounds a 1000 pounds a month. Hmm. So we were more than double what we normally give out. It's it's just it was just mind-boggling the amount of work that was being gone being done and the the kinds of work that we were able to do. We gave out it was what what we what we uh, projected it was four times what we normally do, and it was it was just amazing. Was it just because of the the shutdown that people were out of work and found themselves in situations where they needed assistance for the first time ever? That that put that yeah that, the demand? there was that there, that was a very large percentage of what we did. Like, like there was a the, a daycare center in Whitney Point that closed down early, 
because of the, the COVID virus and the, the lack of need for their services. And so they ended up closing down early. They furloughed all of their workers. And we ended up we ended up giving like 40 boxes in Whitney Point on the first day of that, just so that they had something to take home to their families. We were uh, we were doing things like that. We were doing people who were in vulnerable populations who would normally go to a grocery store um, were afraid to go to a grocery store, and so we ended up doing home visits, home visits for those those people, uh, people who didn't have access to to a grocery store for one reason or another, all got food boxes from us and so we we were we were doing um we were just helping all kinds of people it was like uh, it was like a love fest if you want to think about it as anything mm-hmm. we were just basically basically moving community compassion out to out to people and and we were were just the conduit it was great to see people just coming in with boxes and and filling them up and moving them into their car and then uh, and then delivering it and then hearing the stories about them coming back, you know, how how appreciative people were and, and um, how many children they helped and all kinds of stuff like that. Was, was this was, kind of worrisome, though? I mean, it's, it's heartening on, on one aspect of it always makes you feel good when you've helped somebody. But this going through your mind must have been, how are we going to meet this need if this continues at this rate? And I hate to use the euphemism that the food doesn't grow on trees because it kind of technically does. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, it doesn't grow on trees. Well, it does. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but technically, you know, the donated stuff, not so, not so much. I mean, when we came yeah. off, when we came off Foodabago at the end of last year, it was phenomenal. It was a huge record amount. And I remember talking to, to people in the warehouse and such, and they were saying, wow, this is going to get us farther than we've ever been before. And then all of a sudden, wham, zam, March hits, and it's poof. If it wasn't gone before that, it was definitely gone then. Yeah, we were, we've been bringing in a truck, a truckload of uh, perishable, a uh, non-perishable product a week. So, yeah, we've, we've ended up having to order from wholesalers and all kinds of stuff to keep up with the needs. But, you know, our community has been such that, you know, we put out the, we put out the, the, the request to people and boy, did they come through. It, it's been, it's been amazing to watch. It's kind of like a loaves and fishes thing where, you mm. know, we, we were worried that we were going to be able to raise enough money to support us through, you know, a couple of months, but, but people have really risen to the risen to the cause. It's it's been um, you know while I, I I fear when July hits and people start going off of unemployment and that uh, that will put a, a, another strain on on food on, on our food systems. But what I've seen in the last few months leading up to leading up to now has just been an outpouring of generosity. And I while uh, while it kind of does make me pause and give me a little bit of fear i just know that people here um they love they love chow they love what it does and they love the the kind of work that we're able to do together so what kind of helps um, to have faith doesn't it dr joe well yeah i mean i i do have faith i i i you know i am a person of faith i believe in i believe in god and i believe that god multiplies what whatever kindness and caring we show and makes it um makes even in a barren place even in a desert can make can make um, waters spurred up um, fountains uh, of water cause things to grow where all of us think that all we see is, is desert. So it's a uh, that's the kind of work that we've always been able to do at Chow, and 
we're we're so grateful for for being a part of that. With the other stressful uh, situation that has come along with the pandemic, with the whole racial inequality and the the marches and such like that, is, is that something that also the Council of Churches has got to look at as another need to fill an emotional need, a spiritual need to help heal the community as we're facing a pandemic and the 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 fears with that and the food. Insecurities with that, we've got this whole nother level that, quite frankly, faith has got to be a big cornerstone of getting through. Yeah, you know, we've at the Council of Churches for decades, we've been involved in in anti discrimination. We've been in anti racism kinds of work. Uh, so back forty plus years ago, there was uh, there was a lot of our our Jewish temples were being targeted by uh, by hate groups, and we um, and we had a stop hate campaign that we did where people actually had stickers that they would wear and the stickers had a, a hate with a little red line going through it um, and that was our way of between that and all the work that we did at, at trying to uh, curtail violence in our community that was part of part of what the council did then we did um, back 12 years ago when I was fairly new at the council we did a, um, a, a program at beautiful Plain Baptist Church which is now um house of praise house of prayer i believe or something like that over on uh, riverside drive and um uh, and at that point we had 200 people come together to talk about racism in in our community and so we we've been active even beyond that with with a group called uh, sons and daughters of abraham and we've been um been working with uh with Jewish temples with Islamic organizations trying to work on on developing relationships between people. So these have been uh, very close to my heart, um, things that I think that we really need to be involved in to help alleviate the plight of, you know, the plight of, the, the, really, I think it's, it's a terrible a terrible thing that we have at times here, not not just here, but across the world, where um, people of color are judged uh, more harshly, put under a microscope worse than what white people are. And, and that really is a spiritual problem. And a lot and of times those that, are the communities that are living in these food deserts and, and facing the, the challenges of affordable housing and yeah. and, and jobs that pay well and, and such like that, which is, once again, we go back to all the different missions of the different uh, things that the Council of Churches does. Yeah, and we really want to help people um, get a, get really, you know, uh, to be able to, to afford to help themselves. And so we've, we we try to do everything we do at the Council. We, we say we, we, we inspire, we inspire hope, and we encourage dignity. Those are two huge words that we, that we do, and we, we view that as as being central to our mission. And so when, when a person goes into like our new grocery store that we're putting up on the north side of Binghamton, the right. reason that we're doing it is because that area of the, the, the town has required a grocery store. What I saw happening were uh, people just sitting around talking, and I wanted to... Um, to see something that went into that area that was that was not only filled with dignity, was filled with um, good food, and was filled. And, and we we put together. You, you you don't realize how hard it is to to get like the 
Anthony Brindisi and the Delgado um, money came when the when the hundred fifty thousand from ARC came out. Um, they put it out as if they just secured it. That required three years worth of work to, to, for us to be able to put in three years worth of work in order to secure a grant for 150000 that's going to help with salaries for people that are going to be working in that grocery store. That required a lot of work and a lot of dedication and a, and a, and a lot of focus. Before we run out of time, because we are quickly running out of time, let's talk about it. It's over on the north side where uh, Big Lots used to be. Yep. And, and I assume that some of the construction and some of the progress with this got uh, way later a little bit by the pandemic, but where do we stand now, and when are we going to be looking for finally that area of the Broome County and the city of Binghamton to finally address this food desert that's been there for decades? September, October is when we're uh, we're looking to open. They haven't given us a firm date yet. We're hoping to have our part of the build-out done at that point. So, uh, and we have to get in two or three months in advance so that we can put in the refrigerators, the freezers, the merchandisers, the point of sale systems, and all that kind of stuff that goes into making a grocery store what it is. Um, but the grocery store is going to be a um, uh, we we're we're focusing on very healthy food. We want. Re- um, produce, we want meat, we want dairy, we want all of the things that are very hard for people in that area to come up with because there are lots of places where they can go to get shelf-stable items and they can get other things at a fairly reasonable price. But what we want to really do is focus on the things that they can't get there. And most of that is stuff that we have relationships around the around the country with various other food producers who are going to give us a great deal on that food so that we can give it out at a very reasonable price for people. It's helped them expand their budgets for their families and so that when the decision between whether they, they fix their car or they go to the grocery store to buy food, that decision is much easier for them. And that's something that we, we help out at Chow a lot with, is helping people that have to make that those are the kinds of folks that come to our pantries. They're also the kinds of people that we expect to, to come to our um, to our grocery store. But, you know, what's what's interesting is that even everyone that I talk to about, about the grocery store, they say they want to shop there. And the reason they want to shop there is because it's going to help people. That's really what it is. It's a community-wide kind of grocery store. Anyone can shop there. Anyone can get a value for their... I mean, who doesn't want a value for their dollar? It'll be a place where all the profits from it get rolled into the food programs that we do at the council, as well as helping build wheelchair ramps for people, helping people who are being released from prison to reenter our community, people that are wanting a new start, a fresh start, a brand showing grace. That's what we've always been able to do at the council. And that's kind of what we expect from this grocery store. Well, we'll be getting back a hold of you and another update on the progress of the store in a little bit as we get further into the summer and further easing of the restrictions from the nasty COVID thingy and (laughs) and all that stuff. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's always a pleasure, Kathy. Thank you for having me. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. Congestion, swollen glands, and